0: Justin, I just want to say welcome to the show. Um, I am excited to have you here. And I think one of the funniest uh, parts of just how we became connected was that, like, just maybe like a month ago, we happened to be in the same room uh, in New York, uh, which was just a fun surprise. But for the people who don't know who you are and what you do, how would you self-describe?
1: Yeah, um, you know... Before i go into that i actually want to say i just looked at the picture not only were we in the same room we were actually standing next to each other that think <laughs> so i mean we, we were right there so it's kind of funny that we didn't actually like really meet then um we connected now um but to answer your question is for for what i do uh, i am a, a brand voice expert uh, i am a copywriter who has gone way too deep down the rabbit hole of dissecting what makes each person's style uh, the writing style and brand voice unique uh, and not just in like this like hippy-dippy ethereal sense of like oh I get a feeling for it um, I actually measure people's voice with a numerical system that gets it down to a granular level and I can document this so a writer any copywriter can come in and follow these very specific guidelines to sound exactly like you which will drastically improve the uh, the content process creation uh, and the uh the approval times and hopefully get it nailed on the first shot so you can scale
0: your voice uh, authentically um with minimal effort i love that mixture of art and science because it's like voice you know it's 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 unique uh to us you know it's it's a voice spoken word you know it's like no one else sounds like us you know but then also having the same thing in copy but then to also have it quantified uh, is very intriguing uh, because me, myself, I'm very much like a data nerd. At least I want to be a data nerd. I'm not like a big data guy, but like I like me some numbers. Um, I would love to actually even hear a bit more about how you were even able to come up with that and quantify it.
1: Yeah. So uh, it actually goes back to uh, a person who we both know is, is Ramit Sethi. And it's not that actually I know him. It's that my business partner, Amy Wood- Abby Woodcock, I going to name e- wrong. Abby Woodcock uh, used to be one of his copywriters. I know that you worked alongside him as well. And she actually created the framework um, of Measuring Voice. I've become her business partner, and uh, she's moved on. To, she actually has a cheese shop in upstate New York now. Um, so I'm the the one that carries this forward. So I have to give credit where credit is due. So she is the originator of the framework. I've taken it to, to new levels and in different directions. But essentially what it was was... Um, she was looking for, she was able to, to capture Ramit's style very quickly and very well, and people had asked how she did it and she sort of stepped back and she's really big on processes and she broke down exactly what it was that she did and why she was able to get his style and identify where other writers were missing the point. I were missing the, they, they had, it was close, but it wasn't quite there. Uh, and it's things that like you kind of, some writers get a feel for but she's like, well, what's actually giving me this feeling? Hmm. And she came up with a framework of vocabulary, tone, and cadence. So vocabulary is the words that you use. Uh, and then the tone is the emotions in your writing. And then the cadence, which is often the missing piece is the rhythm of your writing. Hmm. Whether it's long or short sentences, or whether it's sort of average, whether the cadence is invisible or whether it's a defining element of your brand. Um, I write short. Some people write long flowy wordy bird sentences that go on and on and on. And your eyes get tired before you hit the first comma. And then by the time you, uh, finish finish the sentence, you're running out of breath Mm. or there's something in the middle. Mm. So they all have different feels. So this process was created and you know, this is the high level view. There's a lot more beneath the surface, but on the high level view, the framework is vocabulary, tone, and cadence, which are the three elements of your brand voice. So it's not just saying that like, oh, we're friendly and casual and professional, which I define as the trifecta of nothingness, which <laughs> isn't everyone <laughs> means nothing. Yeah. Everything is subject to interpretation. Mm-hmm. By putting the the scientific uh, and the mathematical measurements on the vocabulary tone and cadence, you create something that um, that allows you to plot a voice on a graph mm-hmm. so you can uh, aim for it every single
0: time. I. Love this because I remember uh, when Abby had first published that guide and I read it. I was like, "Ooh, there's nothing else quite like this." And I found it super helpful for myself and just trying to understand my own voice and then also copywriting that I was doing at the time uh, for clients. And to hear that you've now taken it uh, and and quantified it uh, and can plot it on a graph—that's that's 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 personally intriguing for me. And I know a bunch of people listening in. Uh, yeah, it's going to be intriguing for them as well, because I've quite often told my past clients that it's like, Hey, before you go hire a copywriter, you know, and hire out for core functions of the business that are going to affect the bottom line, you want to have at least a base level of understanding, you know, of what it is that you're going to be hiring for so that you can review the quality of the work and not necessarily have to guess. And it's like, if you have a quantified framework to be able to t- tell, um, because one thing that I've seen with many of my past clients, is whether it's design or copy, uh, they sometimes will struggle with being able to even give creative feedback. And I can see how this would be really helpful uh, yeah. for being able to yeah, help with that part of the process. And, and that's
1: really it. It's. Feedback when now for most people's defense they don't know this framework so they they often get something oh it just doesn't sound right or there's something wrong with it but I don't know what it is it doesn't feel right it doesn't I don't know as a copywriter you're just kind of like cool I guess I'll just try again Uh, but you don't have anything specific like well I don't like that sentence what don't you like about it I don't know it's just Mm -hmm. top brand what does that mean. By being able to define it, being like the, the, the words are wrong. Okay. Well, is it that it's giving you the wrong feeling or is it that I I wrote something that you would actually never say? Well, it's like you wrote, um, gigantic and, and I don't like that word. Uh, it sounds too big and it sounds too ethereal. So I would rather, um, just sorta, you know, make it simple and say big. Mm. Okay. So you want to lower the vocabulary level. Cool. I can do that. Is there any other elements like that throughout the page? Yes. Okay, here we go. So we can now work with that feedback. We can identify exactly what it is or, um, I don't like this sentence. It feels a little, uh, it feels off. Oh, what, what's the challenge? Is it too, uh, you know, is it, is it scary? Like, is it, does it agitate too much? Do we want to dial back the tone? Is it too happy? Like, are we going for, um, like something that's supposed to be, you know, upbeat, but like we actually crossed over into giddy and jubilant, like, is it too far? Because we can I like dial back that, Yeah, tone. Yeah, everyone's like, oh, we want, we want it to sound nice. Okay, well, what does nice mean? Like, is it calm or is it bouncing off the walls? Um, and then there's those elements. And then there's um, sometimes we just, there's a thousand different ways to punctuate uh, a sentence and they can all be right depending on what rules you're following. Mm. So by figuring out that person's cadence and their rhythm, whether they use commas like the average amount of commas they use in a paragraph, um, we can now measure this and change some periods to commas or commas to periods to get the cadence right, to make it sound exactly what it is. By giving this specific feedback, we as writers know what to change. And then we also know what they're looking for next time. So the more we do it, it's not that we're getting a feel for it. It's that we know exactly what to change to get it to sound on brand.
0: That's great. And it's got my mind bubbling. Uh, with questions, uh, because I, we, for the first time, I uh, underwent a, a branding exercise earlier on this year. We created a brand kit, and you know, we've got like the verbal identity, the visual identity, all these things. Like, I, I just had this new appreciation uh, for branding and being able to define it so that I could make sure that I was being consistent, and then also if it needed to be handed off to somebody, uh, the consistency and the quality uh, could be maintained. Uh, as well and I have to ask this question now. I'm pretty sure you've gotten it but can you then use this to get ChatGPT to be able to talk or write in your brand voice? Is that a use case you've explored uh, or not?
1: Yes. Uh, Something I'm working on. I will say I am not an AI expert. I am a voice expert and i do use ai and i've actually been using some of the the tools that are on the back end for way longer than most people so i understand why ai gives a bit of a generic voice and it's because it takes a, the averages the average tones and, and rhythms and and sentence lengths of people and it spits out the average hmm. it's not quite as nuanced uh, I'm not an expert in programming AI. I'm something that I'm working on, but it's constantly evolving and constantly improving. Uh, and I'm not someone that spends eight hours a day working on AI. So I want to get that out in the in the clear right now. Mm-hmm. But yes, by getting super granular on these elements, you can work them into your prompts to get much clearer writing. Um, you know, like if you want to say, uh, if you had a little bit of self-deprecation uh, in humor, you know, it's like, you could say, write Like Rodney Dangerfield.
0: Ah, okay. Yeah. 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 And oh, but it'll I don't do I'm... that, but it'll, it'll probably say
1: like, Hey, Rodney Dangerfield tier, uh, still can't get no respect. And it'll basically, um, uh, <laughs> it's like, you know, when I was filming Caddyshack and like they'll they'll write it as Rodney Dangerfield and I'm going to give you something, but Rodney Dangerfield wouldn't say <laughs> that. Um, so it's, it's creating a character of it by saying, um, you know, right at a third grade level, um, have elements of self-deprecation in it, uh, but we want to always end on a positive tone that's something that is um, making the reader feel good about themselves without minimizing my own authority um, by sort of adding in these granular details within the prompts, um, you know, with an average of, write uh, with a shorter cadence, um, follow some of the frameworks of, and you can like put in a writing danger field bit. Um, you can have some of these elements replicated quicker. Uh, and by giving it these mathematical guidelines, it does help. It's not, it's not going to be perfect, um, but it can get you better results than you're going to get if you just say write a silly self-deprecating post.
0: That is very fascinating to me. Uh, particularly for projects that I'm working on right now, uh, and on the back end, I've 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 got ChatGPT uh, d- d- on spreadsheet analysis right now, yeah. like. <laughs> and so it's it's a uh, uh, yeah those those possibilities are bubbling.
1: Yeah, so you know, I mean, granted, the Rodney Dangerfield example is a bit outdated, but maybe you want to say like, you know, Gary Vee is someone that either you love or you hate. Mm. Um, you could say, right with extreme confidence. Like that's, those are elements, um, very definitive. Um, using phrases like always everyone, um, every time, like that definitive type of language, um, that that's a confident language, um, as opposed to more tentative where you might say like some people or sometimes or, uh, almost everyone, um, adding in those little nuances, uh, are what gets that first draft of chat P- chat GPT closer. Uh, And it allows you to have a better draft to to work
0: with. That is interesting. And for those listening in most of, I know most people listening in, ChatGPT is not going to be the first place for them to go uh, to try and get copy done. For many of them, it's either going to be, they're going to be working on the copy themselves, uh, or they're going to be working with an internal copywriter or uh, external experts. And... I'm curious if they were wanting to learn more about voice. Do you cover this? I know you have a course. do you cover this in the course? Yeah, I've got a couple of different programs,
1: but they're all uh they're all based around brand voice um so I've got a program right like anyone which really goes really deep on the vocabulary tone and cadence framework um and shows you how to adjust each style and how <clears throat> and how adjusting each element will change the primary voice type of someone, whether you're leading with your authority, whether you're leading with your accessibility, whether you're leading with your outlook. And by changing just a a, a few uh, degrees and and altering the the plot point by kind of like rotating the the three dials, you can crank up certain elements, lower other ones to really get the exact voice that you want. Uh, But more specifically, if You write something and you know that it's not right, you'll know what to change, you'll know exactly how to adjust it.
0: Dial it in. Well, there's two threads I want to go down here. I'm gonna to have to pick one, uh, but maybe I'll be able to come back, uh, to the other one. The first, I'll thing, be here. I, I, I sure hope so because, like, as you share more, I'm just like, oh man, oh, it's we got it. This, this is gonna be great. It already is. With. Because so many people who are listening in actually want to do many parts of what you've done, particularly the creation of a course, productizing their expertise into a format that can scale beyond them, you know, scale the impact of their one-on-one work to one to many, often without sacrificing the quality of what it is that they do. At least maybe you can't do all of it, but there's one part of one's expertise that can be productized what was your own experience like trying to first codify it so that you could work with clients? And then at what point did you decide to then create a course why?
1: So this, my story is going to be a little bit different because I was business partners with Abby and she had created the course. Um, she had created the process and documented voice guides and what goes into a voice guide so writers can come on and take this. So I had the good fortune of coming into a program that was already created, Mm -hmm. Um, but I've since changed it and I've scaled it. I've added a lower version and a higher version of it. Um, I, I will tell you this, the challenge that I had was coming in after the process was already created, respecting Abby's style without trying to override it with my own. Um, and then over time, the, as we created Brand Voice Academy, um, I wrote it in a hybrid voice of her and me. And I, I struggled a little bit. Uh, I knew what to do, but I didn't feel authorized to write it completely as me. Um, uh, my style is a little sillier for lack of a better words. Uh, Abby is a great writer. She's very personal with her style. She's also a, a proven direct response style, uh, writer. So a lot of those more formal elements come in as well. I'm a little bit less structured. Um, but it's not that I'm less structured. I follow different structures. I follow some joke writing techniques. Um, I follow some, uh, narrative writing techniques. I follow, um, just dialogue techniques where she's more structured. So the brand voice on the earlier drafts was a little bit her, a little bit me, but not really either of us. So I had to create a separate brand voice for. For the product, hmm. um, over time, as Abby has stepped back and I've come more in the spotlight, I'm making edits that are more me because you're going to get more of me in the program. She's still involved; uh, she still shows up for some of the calls, but really, you're going to get me as the primary person. So I'm able to put more of my voice in it, which has been, which has been great. Um, <laughs> it feels a little sad, it's because it's like even rewriting uh, the book, um, she had written uh, the first edition of a book. Uh, I co-wrote the second edition with her Mm -hmm. and I had to sort of strip her out a little bit Mm -hmm. and like she was telling person stories in first person. I rewrote them as writing it about you, about the reader. Mm -hmm. So like we had to lose some characters and like that, that hurt a little bit. So there was a struggle. Um, I don't think this is exactly the answer that you were looking for, but
0: (laughs) this is, this is part of it. It's even Um, better. I didn't anticipate it, and here's why it's even better. A number of my past clients and many people actually come to me after they've created their first course, and there's a subsegment of them who created the course in partnership with someone else, and they come to me because they're wanting help with, huh, how do I almost redevelop or upgrade the curriculum or change it because of some change in business partnership, change in philosophy, or something like that. And in some cases, it's even because they wanna create a variation on something that they are actually certified in. Like for example, uh, one of our past uh, podcast guests, uh, Rocky Lalvani, he's a certified uh, Profit First professional. And we wanted to create a course that, you know he's licensed to talk about, uh, and he has the blessing of Mike and everything but he still needed to put his own expertise and stuff into it and so hearing your journey through that and also even uh evolving the offer suite as well to have a uh lower ticket versus like higher ticket you know uh, variation is actually extremely helpful uh, for the people who are listening in as well
1: yeah it's kind of one of the 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 elements that you figure out what your personal voice is versus what the brand voice is Mm. and you know i i do have my own business where i create voice guides for people and then i have brand voice academy where i train copywriters how to do this so they're separate and i write differently for each brand and it's not that it's tremendously different it's that i am more in my own business brand voice academy can stand alone other people can come in and write under the brand voice academy umbrella without having to try to sound like justin So as long as they, they understand the elements of, of the, the brand that we're here to help, uh, it, it, you know, the kind of leading with the authority, whereas I lead more with my accessibility, um, I have, uh, just, I, I try to be very likable (laughs) and it just, it feels good. I can be a little jokey. Uh, if you're watching the video, you'll see I've got, you know, a lot of nostalgia around me, I've got Super Grover and, uh, you know, Dr. Teeth and Electric Mayhem, and I've got uh, Stormtroopers, I've got Star Wars. This is all part of me. This shows up in my personal brand. Nice. It doesn't show up in Brand Voice Academy. Um, it's Brand Voice Academy isn't about me. It's about the expertise and there are co-trainers in there as well. There are guest experts that come in. So all of them can come in and still talk with their own style without having to, to justin it, like mm-hmm. it's Brand Voice Academy. They're allowed to be an instructor in Brand Voice Academy. They're not trying to be me. They have full creative freedom to, to speak about them as long as the lessons sort of follow the same structure and lead toward the same path. We don't want someone to come in with different frameworks that will confuse people. They're staying on brand because we're leading with the authority of the content rather than the exact personality of, of, of the creator.
0: And so it has its own brand voice. I love this because it is entirely on theme with what so many people are trying to do, which is the scaling of their one-on-one work into a one-to-many format. And part of that is basically creating one-to-many marketing systems, one-to-many sales systems, one-to-many deliver systems, often in the form of some kind of productized offer or a high-ticket course and so on and so forth. You know, and so there's another aspect of this that I'd love to dive into with you, which is is do you make a distinction between voice and point of view and how if they're separate how do they connect up
1: so well as far as point of view i think that that's something that's a bigger element the voice is literally vocabulary tone and cadence Mm -hmm. it's the verbal identity of a brand's personality um i would say that point of view gears more toward personality and i think one of the the biggest problems that brands create, especially if you work with a brand strategist, what they very often do is they create a brand personality with the idea that it's a brand voice. And it's not. Like, for instance, one of the examples that I use is uh, is friendly. Everyone says they want their brand to be friendly. Yep. The average person has about 600 people that they're friends with on Facebook. They all sound different. They're all your uh-huh. friends. They're all friendly <laughs> in some way or another. Yeah. Pick one. And then let's identify what that is. Even if you cut it in half, even if you say 300 people, let's say you have 300 friends. Cool. So they're all friendly in some way or another. How's a writer supposed to identify what it is? Hmm. With a designer, you know, they come in and they're like, oh, here's your color. They're not saying your color is red. They're saying it's like Pantone color 61248. I don't know the uh, They're giving you the exact CMYK colors. color. So your designer can get it exactly right. With writers, they're basically saying, write in the color blue. Well, yeah. Light blue, dark blue, light blue, baby blue, sky blue. There's there's more than 300 different shades of blue. Yeah. And need to know exactly which one you want.
0: That is an excellent analogy. Thank you for that. It landed well for me because uh, not many people know this, but when I got started freelancing it wasn't actually with copywriting or anything it was actually with web design <laughs> and <Yeah>. so <laughs> okay, I went down that uh, skill tree uh, quite a bit and so that 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 message resonates uh, well and I know that it will for so many of the other creatives uh, that listen in that's super cool when it comes to defining voice does personal or professional values influence it and if yes how
1: it absolutely does especially for a personal brand um because professional means different something different to everyone um you could be a professional bodybuilder or you could be a uh, you know a, a c-suite executive for a fortune 100 company mm. those are both professional so <laughs> you'll be a professional comedian um what what does professional mean is it like and it's even buttoned up um Okay, so is that using a really high vocabulary level? That's going to be boring because that you can do in chat GPT. That's basically soulless. Um, That's what a lot of people identify as professional. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, sort of watered down a little bit editorial where you're not supposed to be able to determine somebody's um, specific style, maybe a little bit of legalese. Again, you can have a professional uh, fisherman also. So which is professional? Um, So I think getting granular on this is 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 important to do. Uh but to ask your question, does does somebody's personal values come in? Yes, it does. What you have to decide is that also a value of the brand? So, yep. They're not always the same. Like yeah. um as I mentioned, my personal values come into Pretty Fly Copy, which is my business. If you want to hire me, it's through Pretty Fly Copy. If you want to learn from me and get the, the courses and the teachings with other trainers as well. That's Brand Voice Academy. My values come across in both over delivering, um, the, really kind of being the main one, but in pretty flag copy, you're going to get a little bit more me and I use the Rodney Dangerfield example before self-deprecation is actually part of my brand, uh, in pretty flag copy and it's, it's jokey and it's funny and I kind of, you know, make fun of my life sometimes, but I never devalue my authority. Self-deprecation doesn't come into Brand Voice Academy at all. Ooh. I lead with my authority there. I have nothing that that kind of like. I'm still human. I'm still relatable. I'm still. You can get an idea of who I am, and it's more jokey and fun and upbeat. But I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna make fun of myself. Um, and again, I'm not making fun of my skills. I'm making fun of my life sometimes. That
0: uh, is... Brand Voice Academy doesn't come across. I love that distinction uh it's something that i've thought about as well i I really like the distinction of not uh diminishing the you know skills expertise authority like in any way while still uh, being relatable because that's particularly for the consultants amongst the service providers that we help like they have to be seen in in a position of authority to be trusted in their expertise in whatever format it is that they're uh, delivering but many of them uh have very strong family values. Many of them like having a bunch of fun, but sometimes when they are then trying to uh, communicate that uh, through their brand, they just like leave it out because they are afraid that it's yeah. gonna strip away the authority. How did you, how do? How does one begin to even do that?
1: Um, one of the processes that I do, it's a voice finding exercise where we sort of identify somebody's core values and we get very granular. We, we, start out with, uh, you know, about 120, I think, uh, values and kind of like go whittle it down to like four mm-hmm. and to, to figure out what the brand values are. And as we're whittling it down, a lot of people will be like, well, this is really important to me. I said, okay, it's really important to you, but does it show up in your brand? And then they're like, no, I was like, okay, well, let's make this a personal value. Yeah. Your writers don't need to copy this. This doesn't show up. It's still you. You're not losing anything, but we're identifying what shows up in your brand voice. Yeah. Is is family values? Okay. Yes, I get that. What does that mean? Well, it means that I take you know I and work at uh, five o'clock every day, two o'clock on on Friday. I don't bring my computer home on the weekends. Cool. How does that show up in in the brand? Well, it just means that I'm inaccessible after five p.m. Mm-hmm. Okay. We just have to put that somewhere, and that's it. It's not going to show up on your copy. Like it's it's just there it's not it doesn't come into
0: play this might be a little bit of a cold stab but uh, would you say one of your core values is accuracy or precision
1: um it's funny that's actually not a word that's on there but yes yes it would um and it, it makes sense it's um but okay, I'll tell you exactly why and where it comes from yeah. um, and why it shows up in my personal brand and how it showed up in my in my professional brand. It did show up there. And it showed up because when I was uh, a writer, when I was working in-house for a company, it was a hotel brand and it had 12 different hotels at a time that, that I was writing for. So every time I wrote something, I had to adjust it 12 different ways. And each hotel had its own different stakeholder, and then there were there were other people on the approval chain. So, I'd say at minimum, if I was creating a, uh, a, a brand-wide campaign for, for all hotels, there were about 20 different stakeholders. So it got to the point where I everyone had their own opinion, and because the brand guidelines were loose, everyone had an opinion and everyone was right, so I couldn't defend my copy. When I got this framework, I was able to defend my copy and explain my decisions, and I knew how to adjust each voice specifically. By adjusting vocabulary, tone, or cadence, um, you know, by making the the luxury brands um, a, more elevated with a with a higher vocabulary level, as opposed to some of the the family brands, which had a higher, um, a more fun tone. Um, but I knew what to adjust the vocabulary and and the tones would would adjust per brand, so I could explain this to the stakeholders, and I'd show them compared to this brand, to yours. This is different, and here's why I made this decision. And they'd be like, "Cool, this looks great." So I was able to explain it with that accuracy and that level of detail, and all of a sudden my confidence shot up. Mm -hmm. The reason why I dove into it so deep, uh, why I get so precise with it, is because my confidence was shot the first two years when I was working with that, and I could never defend any decision that I make. So. The precision is there and I teach it to defend other people and to help them. Mm. So I'm precise with the reason of being supportive to give copywriters and, um, and clients as well by, as brands, by knowing these elements, you can work with copywriters better, you can get this specific feedback. So you're both happier. The brand is going to get better work. The copywriter is going to provide better work and you're both going to have more confidence in the copy that is on brand. So yes, it is precise, but it's you. It's there for protection.
0: Yeah. I, I'm here for it. And I know everyone listening is listening in, uh, is as well, uh, cause I, I tend to be pretty detail oriented myself and I seem to, you know, like attracts like, uh, seems yeah. to be uh, how it goes. Uh, and it's, it's such a powerful, uh, tool, uh, for increasing quality. Uh, essentially and especially if the end goal is impact uh, that yeah. quality is just an attribute that is 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 necessary uh, for being yeah. able to maximize impact uh, so that that is really cool I'm gonna jump back in the conversation uh, just a bit why have multiple lines of business why also work? with clients and also have a course and have, uh, these, uh, different lines of business. So, cause it's, it's something that's very applicable to the modern consultants that are listening in, who are thinking about, uh, which direction they may go if they may choose just one, uh, or many. Yeah.
1: Um, the fact is I did it, uh, sort of by accident and out of necessity. Mm. Um, with my background, I was writing, I had a project where I did, uh, it's called the Headline Project, where I wrote 100 headlines every day were 100 days, resulting in an arsenal of 10,211 headlines, because wow. I wanted to get really good at headlines. This also is what helped me understand messaging and brand voice accidentally. I didn't know this at the time, but it was rewiring my brain just through the, the act of doing the exercise. Mm. As I was doing this, my list became... Um, the people that were following me, my audience were copywriters that were interested in headlines. Clients weren't. I was trying to land clients, but I accidentally built an, an audience of, of, of copywriters. <laughs> and when I was trying to sell my copywriting services, no one was buying them. And I was like, well, why not? Oh, because I'm selling copywriting to copywriters. And I'm trying to, and it wasn't working. Mm-hmm. So I had to adjust and create offers that were more relevant to the audience that I accidentally built. And it turns out that I love this audience and um, I have a passion for them, and it's it's fantastic. But I market my copywriting services differently than I do uh, my courses. My courses are primarily for copywriters. My services are for clients.
0: Ooh, I like that distinction. The it helps to answer another question that somehow, which is, you know, some really enjoy their client work and they even if they build a scalable product even if it's making money it's got the profit margins they want they actually still want to have that so that they can still have like a couple one-on-one slots for like yeah stream clients that they love working with and it's really helpful to hear how you make uh, that distinction between uh what's for whom yeah following up on that i can also see how the copywriters would just have a natural affinity for you because you know them. You know what the challenges were like. You, you rose, you, you know, through a copywriter club and, and as, as part of, you know, your backstory of, uh, of, of creating, you know, all of this uh, intellectual property that's now helping people around the world. Jumping forward, though, where do you see things Going from here business
1: wise. So it's um, you know, I've worked a lot with personal brands and I absolutely love it. And what I what I actually like about working with personal brands is that I mean, one when I it's just gonna be generic, I'm gonna say is more personal, but what I mean by that is is they care more. Um, like the reason why they might use an Oxford comma is because of their fifth grade English teacher who was their favorite teacher ever, who said, you absolutely must use this, and it became ingrained in their head. So every time a writer doesn't use an Oxford comma, it feels like a personal attack, not just on them, but also on their teacher. Mm. And they feel like, no, you can't possibly upset her or him. Um, like you're doing this, the whole school system a, a disservice just by leaving out a comma. There's this passion, there's this, this caring about all the words and why someone would choose you is verse utilize um is it because they're mm-hmm. written up sometimes or maybe they like utilize because they had a british grandmother who used to say utilize hmm. uh, <laughs> so like there are all these reasons that we make all these conscious choices that when we get it right it just it it's like hitting that perfect gulp shot where it just like it mm-hmm. clicks and you feel it through your bones and it's just and it just goes straight and it, it it's it's perfect um but when you feel when it gets wrong you wind up in the woods and you're cursing and you can't figure out how you got there and it's just, it's completely off course. And you don't even know if the ball's playable anymore and it just feels wrong. But all it takes is that little adjustment um, to get it right. So I love being able to find that. So I have worked with personal brands. When I take on one of those clients for a bigger voice guide, it's not, normally about six weeks that I spend living the brand and understanding the person um, at a much a deeper level with corporate brands it's not as personal <laughs> so uh it's a little bit easier it's not easy because we still have to define all these levels but we can separate it gives it gives a little bit more wiggle room for the writers and so multiple writers can write for a brand and still all be right without having to use the uh exact um the exact word that the like a person would use There's a range of words that a brand would use. So you get a little bit more leeway. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think working moving forward, I probably, as much as I will work with personal brands and I love doing it. Um, I also like working with enterprise brands because, uh, the projects are a little bit longer, they're a little, um, there's a little, there's a few more stakeholders, so there's, there's, I guess a bigger outcome. Uh, less granular, but bigger results. So it, it scales a little bit uh, on a bigger level. So I think moving
0: forward, I probably will mo- work with some some larger brands. That is clear and also piques my personal curiosity as well as the curiosity of some of the people who are listening in, which is how does one even attract and find and retain those enterprise level clients?
1: Still, a lot of it, uh, my where I am now, a lot of it is through networking. Um, I've built a pretty good network of copywriters just sort of by accident as I told that story. Um, a lot of writers bring me in when they're struggling with a project because I offer a complimentary service to them. I'm not competition. Yeah. I'm not going to steal a website project from someone. Yep. Um, if they need brand voice help, that's a separate deliverable that the, that the copywriter might not offer. Mm-hmm. Um, so often I'm brought in to ride sat, side saddle on a project, uh, and create the brand guidelines. So the brand will get better products and are better, better copy. And the copywriter will know exactly uh, how to proceed without stifling their own creativity mm-hmm. So they can still put their own spin on it, but still have it sound on brand. Um, so a lot of, uh. The majority of my products these days do come through
0: uh, word of mouth and referrals. And that is very helpful to know. It also gave me a whole idea for my business model is one that will further validation, I would say, uh, in, you know, who I think is Jay Abraham that mentions this, it's like, you want to think of who do they hire before you and who they yeah. hire after you. Like yeah. those are the perfect strategic partners. And for me in the world of uh, creating high ticket courses, it surprisingly enough, at least. Not surprising once I it clicked, uh independent publishers of books. Mm-hmm. It's like
1: I've yeah. Yeah. I, and I've trained a few ghostwriters in my program, um, uh, who use the vocabulary tone and cadence framework and they put their own spin on it, whether it's fiction or nonfiction. Um, and all of my graduates do put their own spin on it. It's one of the things that we teach them. Um, like my personal, uh, framework is, uh, is the, the, called brand ventriloquism, uh, and it's WTF, it's words, tone, and frequency. So <laughs> WTF is your voice. That's the brand ventriloquist framework. Exact same thing as vocabulary, tone, and cadence, but a different spin. Yep. Um, some of the ghostwriters who I work with that work with publishers use the frameworks to help edit copy
0: without losing, uh, the writer's authenticity. Nice. Ah, uh-huh. yeah. There's all other... Conversations we need to have after we wrap up. i <laughs> are just like, as far as I'm thinking of uh, people that I've got to introduce you to. Uh, this is great. Uh, I also want to be very respectful of your time. I feel like I could probably humble you with questions for like another hour. Uh, this is this is, this is <laughs> very that fascinating fun. for me. Uh, yes, yes, absolutely. Yes, to a next time. And I just have a few more questions uh, before <laughs> we wrap. And this might be a little bit about hard segue uh but if you were stuck on a desert island with one dessert for one week which dessert would it be
1: oh man uh my immediate thought was banana pudding um uh but then i was like oh i don't know if i could eat that for a week uh, <laughs> um yeah you know what i'm gonna go with first thought yeah
0: that's it all right banana pudding okay And this was just a build-up to the more divisive question, which is, chocolate chip or oatmeal raisin cookies?
1: I'm one of the weird people that likes oatmeal raisin. Thank you. Oh, my God. Like,
0: (laughs) hey, guys. All the chocolate chip cookie people just want to die on that hill it is fascinating yeah, to me I it's 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 they they, they 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 really care about chocolate chip cookies and i i also am of the oatmeal raisin uh, uh tries different yeah you know uh and a, as a follow-up soft and chewy or hard and crunchy i like soft and chewy perfect yes all right and yeah nice. I, I knew this is this is why kevin introduced this. this is it yep yeah perfect cookies um <laughs> that's uh the final question before we wrap is um if you could go back in time to give advice to yourself um when you were trying to come up uh with brand ventriloquism knowing everything you know now what advice would you give yourself
1: um that's funny that specific thing well okay here's why um when I came up with the brand brand reliquism it literally fell out of my mouth when I was in a hot seat at the copywriter club think tank hmm. and it was being surrounded by my my peers who who I was able to share the highs and lows with um I think I didn't when I joined that, I didn't know if I was quite ready. Mm. My advice would have been, if I had gone back in time or even like before that, I would have said, "Find your people sooner." Uh, I thought that I had to do everything on my own. If I was, if I hadn't sat in that hot seat, if I hadn't, um, if I really did try to do it on my own, I never would have come up with brand ventriloquism. It fell out of my my mouth when I was in a safe space. I wish I had found my people sooner. Um, I think everything would have
0: been a lot easier. I really respect and appreciate that answer. I It resonates with me heavily as someone that has looked for my people, you know, um, in various aspects of life. And that has been one of just the key drivers of personal and professional growth. And yeah. Thank you so much for that. And before we go, where can we find out more about you?
1: Uh, easiest place is uh, prettyflycopy.com. the uh, easy way to remember that is all the people say I'm pretty fly for a right guy. Uh, it's a terrible pun. That's the, 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 form, the, the, the foundation of my business. Um, and that's where you'll get the most me. Um, and if you do wanna learn brand voice, if you are a copywriter looking for, uh, to brush up on your knowledge, Uh, That's at brandvoiceacademy.com.
0: Thank you so, so much. I will thoroughly enjoy going back to get this episode ready because I learned so much just uh, by talking to you. So again, thank you for this. Absolutely. Hey, thanks for checking out the show. If you liked it, go ahead and hit the like button and also subscribe so you don't miss another one. It also tells us which ones that you like the most so that we can then do more interviews like that. If you want to go from idea to implementation though, especially if you're wanting to productize your expertise so that you can scale your impact on your clients and of course, grow your business, then join our email list. There, we're going to talk about how modern consultants can productize their expertise so that they can have a greater impact on the world around them and live life on their terms. If that's up your alley, I hope to see you on the other side. Talk soon.